You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Indians. This is your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. On today's show, we are going to talk about a heartbreaking loss. We will take a peek at the standings, and we'll go around um, for the second half of the show and just see how some top prospects have been performing, uh, specifically looking at uh, some of the big names and some of the guys closer to the majors. The Indians lose a heartbreaker uh, against the twin, not the Twins, Texas Rangers, won nothing tonight. Um, what really stood out for me in this one is, I mean, the Indians had eight hits but couldn't put anything together. Um, the Rangers got one run on five hits. And again, the fact that the Rangers, for some reason, did not sell uh, comes back to hunt the Indians as Mike Miner is a very good pitcher right now. And he helped shut the Indians down. On the other side of things, solid performance by Aaron Saival. I'm still just not 100% sold on him. We'll have to see how it continues to go. He's one of those guys who... He was never this good in the minors. Um, we sometimes see hitters um, overperform, but a guy like Saival, um he just never impressed me. And when I talked to other people, they weren't all that impressed as well. You go back to like last year, for instance, he just he didn't miss enough bats. Um, command has always been great, and the fact that he was uh, he had a home run rate over one in Akron was a bit of a concern. Um, but he never had a home run rate over one before last season. You just kind of look around at it, and, you know, yeah, he was also really hittable. Uh, You know, yes, he's a potential number five. I would not bet on a whole lot beyond that. Um, uh, We'll see what happens when teams get a second look at him. Uh, Right now, it's a first look, and he is... uh, He's able to have some success, you know. Yes, the you know teams already have a book; they know what he what he throws and what he can do. Um, but I, I think there's a good chance still that he can be a number five. But I would not keep betting on performances like he's made in his first two starts. But uh, just a great game. Uh, go through the Indians lineup: two hits by Puig, two hits by Luplo. Um, the big double in the ninth by uh, Jose Ramirez. I know some fans are already getting on Franmel because of the uh, all the strikeouts and the, the big swings. If after five games you're ready to give up on someone, then baseball is not your sport. Um, it's 162 games. Five games is, you know, f- let's do the math. What is that, like 3% of the season maybe? Um, just calm down. Just calm it all down, okay? Uh, but yeah, nice to see, like I said, Luplo, Puig perform. Uh, eventually, Fran Mella is going to be a special part of this team. I have full faith in that. Let's talk about the ninth inning and the other disaster that the ninth inning was. So, Jose Ramirez leads off with the double. And you just can look at the rest of this team and be like, okay... So your next three hitters after that double, you have uh, Naquin, who's been hot, Kipnis, who's been, you know, 
arguably the worst hitter on the Indians this year. And Fran Mel Reyes, who has struggled since they've acquired him. Fran Mel should also be pointed out, you know, being an everyday DH is a new role for him, and that can be something else that's uh, something to get to. So after Ramirez hits that double, the of the next group of hitters, clearly the best one of late has been Naquin. So you have him bunt. Um, and let's just be honest, bunting is for losers. Like, there is almost no reason to bunt you have three outs in an inning. When you give away an out, uh, you're just making it easier on the other team. I mean, think about it from the other side of things. It's like we always talk about like when the bases are loaded, teams will gladly give up a run to get two outs. Um, I mean, that just... Outs are so valuable, and especially in a situation where there's three left to just, yeah, let's bunt them across. Jose Ramirez runs extremely well. Um... Getting him from second to third does not really increase your win percentage chance all that greatly. Yes, you can win on a steep sack fly, but that's not going to be what Kipnis does. Kipnis is more of a, a singles hitter. Um, he has shown some power this year, but you're not counting on Kipnis to be someone who then hits a sack fly to tie the game up. Um, possibly a Fran Mill because of his power, but he's struggling. And to give up an out was just, again, it's what I've been talking about all year, it's bad managing, it's outdated thought process, it's outdated practices, and when you bunt in the ninth with a man on second, you deserve to lose. Um, it was a, just a horrific uh, choice by the manager who, you know, it's like everything you look at, the Indians have such an analytically driven advanced front office, and then you have a manager who ignores all of that. I mean, bunting is one of those things that everybody knows is just does not bring value uh anyone remotely connected with analytics knows this and we have a manager who just wants to ignore it um it's terrible it's horrible and you know especially when you look at jose uh, leclerc he's pitched better of late he started out with a really rough year but he has been extremely prone to walking guys um but he has a very low hit rate and a high strikeout rate he's not a guy you're going to get a lot of um, deep shots off of. You're just not. Uh, playing, knowing what pitcher is on the mound also has to come into effect, and you're not, you don't build an inning around the idea that against this guy, uh, you're going to manufacture a run. I mean, yes, maybe Naquin strikes out and everything plays out the same. Certainly possible. But uh, it was a, crappy situation and it was just it was bad managing uh twins win another one then uh, the lead is now up to four games for the twins uh beating atlanta uh you just kind of look around uh all these teams had been winning and then tonight tampa cleveland and oakland all lost so wild card stays the same uh texas moves up a little boston won so they get to move up a little but you look through it, it's like Houston has won four straight. Texas has now won five straight. Minnesota at four straight, and the Yankees at six straight. Um, right now, there definitely feels like there is a top three in the American League with the Yankees, Twins, and Astros. And then there's a cutoff before that next group with the Indians, Rays. I would include the Red Sox and the Athletics. So we'll see. Um, yeah, Texas is... Uh, 
a mediocre team. It's an average team. Uh, hopefully the Indians can take these next two games. I, I Minnesota has owned the Indians this year. That four-game series is on the horizon, and that's really it's a make-or-break series. Um, if the Indians can't split, the Twins are going to really be able to go out there and just stretch out that lead. And again, I mean, throughout the season, Twins have owned the Indians. Uh, until the Indians show that's not going to be the case, that's just what we uh, what we can see and what's in store. So. Um, we should probably talk about a pair of roster moves that did occur um, with uh, Salazar going on the DL along with uh, Tyler Olson, who's been largely ineffective this year. Uh, they caught up Hunter Wood, who they got in the pre-deadline deal with Tampa, and they caught up Phil Maton, who they got from uh, San Diego. Both those players were acquired. Uh, the primary piece in both deals was international um, international pool money, Uh both guys have major league experience. Both guys are kind of viewed as fringe uh, roster, 40-man roster guys by the previous organizations. Both very deep organizations, uh, which should be pointed out so far this year. This is the third time, I believe, the Indians added a fringe prospect from the Rays. Um, the first one, Chu uh, Wei Hu. Uh, the Indians outright released from double-A. He was on the 40-man, he cleared waivers, and then they're like, ah, we don't even have a spot for this guy anymore in double-A, and they released him. Um, it's kind of crazy, and that does not happen often, but uh, we'll have to see about Velasquez. Hunter looked good today, but uh, I just had to point that out before we uh, you know, take some time and go into our first ad break. One of our great sponsors over here is bluechew.com they were our first sponsor and they keep coming back uh which is fantastic for us uh fantastic for me so you've heard me talk about blue chew dozens of times at this point it is the little blue pill that is chewable since it's chewable it gets in the bloodstream quicker and allows you to uh, have your special moment quicker it's, uh, you know, it gets discreetly mailed to your door. You don't have to deal with going out, any of the embarrassment or uh, shyness that can go with purchasing something that is bedroom involved. You just go to bluechew.com, you use the promo code locked on, and you're going to get to uh, try it out for free. You just have to pay the five bucks for shipping. It's a great deal. If you've ever been curious about a little blue pill, here is your opportunity. BlueChew.com, promo code locked on. All week, um, Postmates is uh, is backing us. We've talked about it before. Postmates pretty much can deliver anything that's near you. Um, you go there, you place an order for groceries, you can place an order for food delivery. If it's crappy weather out, um, it's been raining this evening where I am, why go out? Let someone else do it for you. I mean, I've got a two-year-old at home. Sometimes it's nice to just have it come to your door when you're, you know, you're working, you got a little one. It's all great reasons. So you got to remember to, to use the Postmates app with the promo code locked on, and you're going to get $100 worth of, uh, of delivery uh, charge through that so um check it out give it a try see how postmates works for you so we are back and you know with the indians right now it's kind of a relatively dull time uh in terms of transactions i mean they had so many 
and barring anything massive, one would think um, the thing should be pretty calm for a bit. We'll wait and see. Uh, you know, basically at this point, it's almost like a Kluber wait and see. But without a ton of things happening, I thought, again, good time to look at our prospects. First starting out in AAA, um, Yasiel Puig has been a really nice addition. Um, the Indians are going to lose him in this offseason. Uh, Puig has the combination of uh, an above-average defender, an above-average hitter, and there's no uh, draft pick compensation loss, and he's still in his 20s. There's a lot of reasons. He's not a superstar, but is he an above-average player with uh, who's not going to cost you a draft pick? Yeah. Um, and, you know, this year his Cincinnati teammates loved him. He does a lot of good things. Um, he is he brings value. And the Indians are going to move on from Puig. The obvious replacement in-house is going to be Daniel Johnson. So Johnson is continuing his uh, high-level production down in AAA. The walk rate is uh, a little over 9. Strikeout rate's just uh, 21%. Or I should say those are percentages, not rates. The really high bat pip, uh, again, shows positive contact rates. There is the... Uh, he hasn't hit a ton of home runs down there. He's sitting at 6, but the 19 doubles. Um, it's kind of surprising to see him hitting 300. I just don't know if that's really what we expect from him too much long term. That's always been the tool that people are uh, doubt when it comes to Daniel Johnson. But in the past year, he has done nothing but raise his prospect profile um, and raise his evaluations everywhere. So he is very clearly the natural in-house weak replacement and someone this team could see in September as I believe he needs to be added to the uh, 40-man roster. Uh, this offseason, Yu Chen Chang uh, got his major league debut this year. Uh, started out with some injury issues, but because of the kind of the missed months at the beginning of the year, he's been a little bit of a forgotten man. Once he got healthy and on track, he's just he's doing what he typically does. You know, he's providing uh, average to above average defense all over the infield. He's uh, showing some pop, hitting for extra bases, walking at a high percentage, uh, about almost 10%. Strikeout rate is 24%. Both those are improvements from a year ago. And while he is a re repeating AAA, he's still just 23 years of age. He'll be 24 this month very soon. So there's still so much value in Chang. He's going to get a shot next year to, to play somewhere in the infield. It's going to be him and Arroyo. I think he just does more than Arroyo. Arroyo has a hit tool and nothing else. Um, Chang lacks a hit tool, but he has power and a better eye at the plate and is likely going to be a better defender at third or second. So I... I just, uh, you know, don't forget about Chang is kind of the big thing I'm saying at this point. I, you know, there's been so many moves, there's some new names, there's everything else, but, you know, once he got healthy, he's producing, and what he has done throughout the minors is produce, hit for power, and walk, and that's a, an extremely valuable combination. So, the bullpen is really interesting at this point down there as well in AAA. 
Um, Kyle Nelson is only pitched an inning down there, uh, a little more than, but you know he's the top left-hand reliever in system. Logan Allen, you've got, is a pitcher who had a uh, a rough first start down there. Jared Robinson is he's been uh, he second time he's been called up to that level. Um, before we get to the disappointment, we should also talk about. Well, I guess those are the main guys. Uh, James Karinchak was so good at the start of the year, so so good, um, unbelievable numbers. He had an injury issue. It was supposed to take a few weeks. He missed, you know, what, almost two months. And since then, his control is just gone. Uh, his walk rates through the roof. His He's still missing uh, a ton of bats, but he's getting hit. He's getting hit hard. And he's walking guys at a, uh, a rate of nearly 13 per nine innings. Um... So he's clearly not right right now. He's um, talking to people and you know interviewing him in the past. He always had almost like a an OCD profile. Um, you know, he's one of those guys who's very ritualistic, um, and that can sometimes be great. It can help you repeat, and sometimes when things go awry, it can be um, really bad. So we'll see how it goes, but. I mean, Karen Chuck, at one point, I thought he'd be in the majors this year. And, you know, Kyle Nelson, It's he doesn't need to be added, and I can't see him being added. Just because the team's going to be a bit of a 40-man crunch in the offseason, I think. And uh, they're not going to add someone early who they don't need to add. <sighs> Again, Robinson's that guy I just want to really point out. Um, he's continuing to play well, continuing to pitch well. He'll be a minor league free agent if they don't add him to the 40-man, which makes it even more likely. And then Kyle Dowdy, who had another strong performance down in AA. Um, you know, he just... They lost him once. They liked him enough to... Uh, you know, the he's, if you don't remember back, it was Willie Castro as a top-10 prospect, along with four, Dowdy and Leonis Martin. Uh, they liked Dowdy. Dowdy's shown some massive improvement, and I feel like at some point this year we're going to see him hitting uh, AAA and possibly the majors. I think those are kind of the two names I would point out as 40-man ads outside of like the guys like Edwards who have been here before. So that's kind of the guys in the upper levels who could con- conceivably hit the majors this year. Um if you're, I guess I should give the obligatory Bobby Bradley statement. Um, he's continuing to hit 27 home runs now, uh, 946 OPS walk rate. Walk percentage is about eight and a half, but he's still striking out uh, 35% of the time, which is just it's too high. He's never going to find success, and that was when he got up to the majors. He went from 35 to 41. Walk percentage was close, very similar. Um, you look at his bat pip, there's about a 70-point differential. That's about, you know, well, he had a 110-point differential, or about a 100-point differential on batting average. But just going to come down to the fact that uh, I, he could hit 40 home runs in AAA this year, and it doesn't change my evaluation because he just strikes out too much. I want to thank everyone for listening yet again, uh, tuning in, 
uh, rating, reviewing, all of that is huge for us. Remember, you can always tell your smart device to play Locked On Indians. And as always, go Tribe.